Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Get your tickets now to join the Drunk Women on the 27th of March 2021 at 5.30pm for a specially recorded stream show. Yes, Katie Taylor and Hannah got together at the Clapham Grand in London to record a socially distant show for you to watch from the comfort of your own home. And not only will you be able to see special guest Shazia Mirza helping the team solve crimes, but there's also a surprise appearance from Jade Adams too. Plus, the drunk women will be on the YouTube live chat whilst the stream takes place, so you can all watch along together. For tickets and information, just go to claphamgrand.com. Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where Brandy meets bludgeoning, Mimosa meets misdemeanour and Port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. It's nice how we've all adapted, including perverts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to lie down for a bit. <laughs> I... We're still on this question, right? Yeah, yeah, did yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Did so, I just have a blip and no. go backwards? It's like getting married in Vegas. Do you? Do you? <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> now it's time for Drunk Women Solving Crime. Welcome to another lockdown episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. This week we are joined by the fantastic, amazing, incomparable ventriloquist comedian and actress. It's Nina Conti. Yay! 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 
Nina, nice how are you? you? Very well, thank you. Oh, I mean, that's a very automatic answer, isn't it? I'm not that well, but, uh, you know, I'm bearing up. I think it's a little happier now that we can see a path out. So, yeah, probably yeah. Grim- the grimmest I've ever been in my life three weeks ago. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the way out, gladly. Yay, we're, we're all quietly optimistic. I'm just vigorously nodding in agreement. Like, mm-hmm. like <laughs> absolutely. Oh, yeah. man just sort of bored into oh this is depressed now this is proper (laughs) yeah (laughs) this energy and you never quite know when that happens do you because you're kind of like oh I'm not sure this is boredom anymore but there's never like a a moment when you realize this is just you know like oh it's it's been depression for a few weeks I think (laughs) yes maybe it is and maybe yes maybe I can't climb out maybe the walls of the well are slimy and I'm stuck here oh gosh (laughs) But we're all right now, I think. I'm out of that. That was great. Yeah, we've skidded. <laughs> we've skidded back onto some ice away from yeah. the mud. Yeah. <laughs> Will the ice hold? We don't know. I've never been so uh, weather dependent in my life, you know, when the sun comes out. I'm like so grateful. I know. Good old sun. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to talk about depression. No. I thought it was a fairly jolly take on it. But maybe, <laughs> no, no, oh, maybe I think it's it was, better not to mention it. No, I think you know it's what? so good. It's sort of like we used to play hot dogs or legs and now we play boredom or depression. And yeah. it's just kind of the last <laughs> I've never played that. Have I missed out? I've never played it. I've just seen lots and lots of photos and I've never been confused about which one's the hot dog. (laughs) My legs are very leggy, I guess. They're just not as smooth as a hot dog. Yeah. (laughs) But also, if if people don't know what hot dogs and legs is, it's like when people take a picture of themselves like on a sun lounger on holiday and their legs like on the sun lounger, because they're often quite sort of tanned or sunburnt, they can look a bit like hot dogs. Like and a so double some people, hot dog in a piece of bread. Double hot dog. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it's hot dogs or like, yeah, it sounds a bit rude, hot dogs or legs. Yes, I, I, I pictured what... walking down the beach and thinking, oh, she's got hot dogs. She's got <laughs> legs. So, yeah. yeah. I get it now. <laughs> I automatically assume that if I know a meme that the entire world does, because I'm so <laughs> behind the times, that it's like, well, if I know it. Nina, we have one question we ask our guests on this podcast. Have you ever been the victim of a crime? Couples, thefts and things, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, recently in lockdown, I got my bike stolen. Oh, no! Well, it was, a, it was probably, I don't know, it was the end of a few ridiculous things. Oh. Because I bought a bike... A slightly dodgy bike store in Camden where, you know, the prices are a bit iffy. They've been made up on the day. Uh. Uh, I'm not good at haggling. I'm embarrassed just to be there and I don't know about bikes. So I just, just to get out the shop, I agree. And then that bike was rattly and awful, like bits fell off it and I felt like I'd fallen in the canal. So I went oh, back and said, I don't want this bike. I want not a, like a silly lady's bike with a basket, which was what that was. I want a proper one with gears. And they said, yeah. well, we can't exchange that. And, and I was just like, oh, God, you're go- oh, this is going to be hard. We're not going to be good at this taggling thing. And, you know, OK, I'll just buy that one. And here's the full money for that one. Oh, and God. then I got that home and then that got stolen. And I thought, oh. Oh, I'm an idiot. I've spent so much money on zero bikes. Now I have to go and buy a third bike. Oh, no. Anyway, it was uh, 
<laughs> kind of felt like I was to blame for being such a pushover or something. Like, I didn't deserve that bike. I paid too much for it. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder about the rules about haggling in shops. It's kind of like a bike shop. That feels like you can do some haggling in the what way that you can't in Sainsbury's. And especially if it's secondhand, you know, if you're buying an extra, like, a water bottle to go with it, and then you can start mm. saying stuff like, what's the best we can do on this? <laughs> I would be the worst at that because I have no knowledge of bikes and which ones are expensive. So I would be in there like, you know, they could be like, this is from Halfords, ma'am. Halfords. And I'd be like, four grand, take it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, they could tell me anything. I'd be like, this one has a chain. It's very special. It's very rare to have a chain. Okay. <laughs> take all my money. Yeah. <laughs> but as well, like part of, like, especially like in the pandemic and stuff, we're all a bit like, well, we should probably try keep the economy going. If he says it's four grand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. I support it. And you you really supported the economy, Nina, by having it stolen a few times. I have, <laughs> yes. I should go back there and buy more and leave them unlocked. Oh, is that what happened? <laughs> no, I didn't actually. No, I had locked it. I had locked it and locked it to Aww. my kid's bike, which also got stolen. But I mean, <laughs> it's a bit of a surprise because you think, ooh, I've done something silly. And then, oh, no, somebody's taken it. But I also thought about talking about uh, the the many times I've been flashed. It's, I feel like we should start registering them. There's so many. There's like so some many. people report them. Yeah, I mean, do do tell. We're the official complaints department. We are. <laughs> okay. Well, I was probably well. Me and my one friend, we got flashed at twice together, and then several times apart. But this uh, <laughs> this one time. This guy, uh, it was in Highgate Woods and we were just walking along. I think we were 11 or 12 or oh, something Jesus. like that. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, but shocking, but we kind of giggled and went, ooh, uh, and, uh, but then we thought that's not really right. We should yeah. call the police. So we called the police and the police came and we, wow. um, and they said, will you describe him? And we both at the same time said he was wearing a red T-shirt, but she said he was wearing a yellow T-shirt. <laughs> And then oh, we man. looked at each other like, oh, no, it looks like we're lying. Oh, shit. Oh, we were so busy no. looking at his dick, we didn't take in the T-shirt. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> yeah. So our complaints, uh, yeah, didn't seem very convincing. Oh. It used to happen a lot. And then I thought, oh, there's less flashes around these days. And then I thought, no, no, you're just old. <laughs> And did you think that at 13, though? Like, it wasn't that. Yeah. No, they're looking for different kinds of people, Nina. Oh, yes, yes. I'll find an insult in anything. <laughs> it was amazing how quickly, like, in lockdown, that immediately people started flashing on, like, big Zoom events and stuff like that. Really? Like, yeah, that became yeah, their new currency, yeah. Flashing. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. But with their name, they're so traceable, aren't they? Or you... Well, I suppose maybe by IP address, but I think you can put like, I could probably change my name on this to um, Tits McGee and it would let me. And then we could see your tits. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, that's, that is the rules of Zoom. (laughs) They all had a moment. They're like, what am I going to do? Not flash just because it's lockdown. And that's mainly been the use of their computer hitherto. Yeah. Yeah. so now they're like oh I know this I'm on a I'm on a screen chat you know surely yeah. everyone hears a cam girl strangers I remember hearing about was like a women like a female comedy night 
Yeah. And I feel okay. like it was possibly particularly targeted. Some, mm. Something about a female comedy night that might set off a certain type of person that might... Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> well, and that, that was when... Those were like, oh, those halcyon early days of lockdown when we were just still enjoying it and it was a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody was using passwords or anything. So I remember that event happened and then they're like, we think next time we shouldn't just have a an open link to the public. <laughs> Yeah, wow. what yes. a fun learning curve lockdown has been. I know, great. Oh. <laughs> it's nice how we've all adapted, including perverts. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> nature finds a way. Nature finds a way. <laughs> one of the things we asked our guests on the podcast, so yeah, I guess I was technically lying when I said we have one question. We, <laughs> we have follow-up questions. A series of them. Yeah. What would you say to the perps now? So you've got multiple perps. You've got the bike theft and the flasher what would you say to either of them nina i would say give it here to the bike theft and put it away to the <laughs> flasher and i hopefully <laughs> wouldn't get those the wrong way around <laughs> brilliant <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime so the first thing I'm going to tell you about this case is we're going to be talking about someone called Ernesto Miranda. So I just wondered if any of you have ever heard of this case before. Don't think so. Okay. Ernesto Miranda. No. Okay. Is Excellent. that a, a male name, Ernesto? It or Ernesto? Ernesto. Yes. Yeah. yes. We are talking about a dude. Okay. So this guy was born in Arizona. We're in the USA. And he was convicted of a burglary in 1955 question how old was he well if he's called Ernesto Ernest feels like quite an old name but it feels like an old name because he would have been born probably (laughs) at least in the 40s so at the time it would have been a teenager's name possibly so I think that he was probably quite young I'm going to say teenage because I think Ernest Ernesto is probably quite an old name to me so more specific than teenage what kind of 17 17 from Hannah that's a good burglary age, I think. Forty-one. Forty-one. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, the fact that you're asking how old he was, mm-hmm. which is not always an interesting fact sure. in a burglary, right? So, yeah. I'm well, just trying good. to decide: was he really, really old or really, really young? And I'm guessing. Oh, I I hate fifty-fifty. It's going to yeah, be one or the other. I'm going to get the wrong one. I'm going to say he was twelve. Okay. Oh, can I up mine? I reckon <laughs> Ernesto sounds old. I think he's 65. 65, okay. Just found out what his pension is and he is not happy. He's got, right, to, go right. on the, got to go on the rob. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Taylor Glenn is the closest. He was 14 years old. Okay. Wow. Um, okay. And good instincts. I wanted you to guess it because it, he was extraordinarily young mm. rather than extraordinarily old. Uh, So he was in the eighth grade at school when he committed this burglary. So a bit of background. His mother had died. His dad had been married. He didn't get on with his dad. He kept his distance from his family and he started getting into trouble at school. So far, so classic if tragic projections, preconditions for crime. Now, when he gets this conviction... He, sorry, was I a bit too dismissive there? <laughs> no, I kind of liked it. I'm like, wow, she really cynical detective now. <laughs> We've done 130 episodes. She's just like, sorry, do you know what? I've got seen it before. The job. I've it's got- your basic. This kid never had a fucking chance. Let's move on. Did you expect yeah. him to have a happy childhood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
come on, this is true crime. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's never been to Arizona. <laughs> just kidding, it's a lovely state. It was just a line. Every almost apart from this case, everything I know about Arizona is from the film Raising Arizona. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah. I think that gave me a good insight. So he gets this conviction and he's sentenced to a year of reform school in 1956. Um, he gets out. Question. I mean, this is sort of a pointless question, really. But does he reoffend or go straight? Actually, it's not pointless. It's not. I pointless. would love it if the rest of the episode was just he became a poet and we're going to yeah. read a few of his lines <laughs> and just analyze them. Mm. Now, I'm guessing reform school in 1956 maybe wasn't all that effective. Okay. I don't think empathy was their, <laughs> their first their port of call, seat. was it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about what went wrong in your life, Ernesto. It's 1956. Yeah. We're ready to be progressive with young yeah. men Let's in this re- country. Repair your inner child. Yeah. Nina? Well, just maybe to be different, I'll say that he, yeah, I, I think he didn't offend again. Okay. Because he's really young and then scared and then I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he had. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I think no. He okay. didn't. He did. I, I, I appreciate you being different. That's a. I, I do that as well. Yeah, and Nina, actually, you don't want to get jaded like Wilkins here. Like, don't become that. Don't yeah. become that hardened, careless <laughs> I, detective. Yeah. You stay unsure. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, it gave me an idea when Nina said that. I thought to myself. Oh, if he didn't reoffend, but there would be a reason we're talking about him yeah. right now on a crime podcast. And would it be, for example, did he then go on to become the guy that uh, ran yeah. like prison reform or something? He became the governor of Shawshank. I don't think that's a real place, yeah, but yeah. you know, did he sort of like he didn't reoffend, but he continued in Ooh. crime and he was the head of the FBI? You something. know what? It's great. I love it. You guys are creative. You're thinking outside the box. You're optimistic. But- but, but you we're just, wrong. You have it. Yeah, exactly. You're not realistic. <laughs> I'm here in the real world with the criminals and I'm jaded. Uh, but no. So, yeah, he. Um, jaded and sassy. Katie yes. 2021. <laughs> My New Year's resolution, Nina, was to be more sassy this year. Oh. So it just sort of means I'm being sarcastic about my shortcomings. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sassy. Have you got so, a new walk? A little got, sass in yes. your walk. I, yes, actually. Mm. I'll, um, when you guys all see me in real life, I'll uh, show you my new walk. <laughs> what a, yeah, what a terrible time to be bringing in a new walk. <laughs> like, <laughs> when you only ever see your friends on Zoom. <laughs> Horror. So it's, it's great because you just have to take my word for it. <laughs> I remember talking to my friend the other night where she had a date online with a guy uh-huh. on Zoom. And I was like, tell me about him. Was he tall? And she was like, I don't know. I have no idea because, like, when you're sat down the whole time, yeah. she realised that I think no he has a did. torso. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man, I can't imagine that. I do have a new lockdown walk though, which is I think like hip pain from inactivity. So I'm, I don't know if it's sassier, but it's definitely different. Okay, <laughs> he does reoffend a month after getting out. Oh um, bless him! I know. I'm feeling a bit of heart for Ernesto here. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. A kid, yeah. Wow. He's, a kid. He's not had the most fair start. No, um, it's awful. But, he's lost um, his mum and he's 14. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are hardened. I'm, I'm going I'm going to lie I, down for a bit. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away. He is sent back to this reform school 
which is the Arizona State Industrial School for Boys. And when he is next released from there, he relocates to California. Hmm. Within months of his arrival in LA, uh, he's arrested, this time on suspicion of armed robbery and for some sex offences. He is not convicted, but he somehow spends two and a half years just in custody. I'm not quite sure how that works. Wow. Um, Not sure they've got the best system. Then age 18, he gets extradited back to Arizona. So how we we still got sympathy for uh, Ernesto? We got a bit of a red flag there. (laughs) It's hard when the sex crimes come in. You sort of go, "Eh, not not loving you. Unless unless he's reenacting some bad stuff that happened to him in the first reform school. Who knows? He maybe got... Well, there's that. Okay, I'm going to whiz through the next couple of years of his life because I want to get to the case that we're going to be focusing on. Gotcha. Um, So this is just a bit of background to fill you in. He's a bit of a drifter. He spent some time in a Texas jail for living on the street without money or a place to live. Because that's a good solution, isn't it? If someone's down on their luck, criminalize them. That'll help them get back on their feet. So he gets arrested in Nashville for driving a stolen car. And he gets sentenced for a year and a day for that one because he took the vehicle across state lines. But this time when he gets out, he finally starts to get his life a bit more together and he stays out of jail. And he becomes a labourer on the night loading dock for a Phoenix produce company. And he moves in with a single mother of two, 29-year-old Twyla Hoffman. And at first, when I was researching this case, I thought, oh, he's like renting from her. But they actually had a relationship as well. So time goes by. On the 13th of March, 1963, Ernesto is arrested by the Phoenix Police Department for the kidnapping and rape of an 18-year-old. Oh, that's God. Just awful, Ernesto. Yes. What is he in his early 20s now or something? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Because he was 14 and 55 and now it's 63. Mm-hmm. Now, this 18-year-old's identity is protected and throughout this case, she only gets referred to as Louie Ann Jameson. Okay. But that is not her real name. They mm-hmm. changed her name so they could talk about it. She's also believed immediately which I feel like is a really great positive message. Silver linings. The crime took place in Phoenix. We're in Phoenix. What do I know about Phoenix? Did they find an orange or something that grows there? Or So Miranda's truck was spotted and the license plates were recognised mm. by the brother of the 18-year-old victim. So she had given her brother a description. There was a, been grabbed into this truck and then dropped at the exact place that she'd been taken from afterwards. Oh, and then God. She, she, yeah. And then she went home and told her brother everything that happened. And then her brother went to the police and gave mm-hmm. them a description of the car and a partial license plate number. And so police officers, Carol Cooley and Wilfred Young, then confront Miranda. Question, does Ernesto Miranda go willingly with them to the police station? Well, I'm going to go with No. Okay, we got no from Taylor. Just the fact that you're asking, again, why would you ask the question if he was happy to go along? He's got all these previous convictions. So is he just resigned to the fact that he's going to be caught? And in fact, dropping off your victim. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm fascinated by that. It sort of screams like, go ahead, catch me. I know it's going to happen. It's a strange act. Yeah. So maybe he does go willingly. Okay. So you <laughs> didn't we go on a journey there? I mean, yeah. wasn't that something? Yeah, I'm gonna go with. He went willingly, and he wanted to get caught, and this was almost like a self sabotaging. I'm a dangerous man. Please put me away. It's okay. all I know and all I understand. 
Interesting. Okay, we got so we've got yes from Taylor. Nina? I think it's from the same psychology, the fact that he dropped her back. It's sort of, that's, that's a weird one. I guess the flip analysis of picking up and dropping off is, it's like, which one of these is worse? But that he didn't see it as rape, whatever it is that went down. And so to him, it was like, it was a date. I picked her up, I dropped her back off. And it's kind of like, how like how sick is this man? He might have a, a horrible rationale for it or something. I feel like he might not have gone quietly, because I feel like maybe, was this some kind of case of miscarriage of justice? Because the fact you asked us if we'd heard about it at the beginning feels like something big must have happened. Like there must be some kind of twist, I guess. Okay. Coming oh, that's up. True, because, because it just yeah. feels a little bit like, you know, sadly, women get raped all the time. For us to be talking about something that happened in 1955 like that, I yeah. kind of feel like there has to be some kind of twist that you ask that question. Okay. Makes me think that if it is just his truck, that somebody borrowed his truck, and is this a kind of a miscarriage of justice, perhaps? Okay. I don't know. Well, good instincts, everybody. And I love that we've got close to the the psychology too he does go voluntarily to the police station he agrees to participate in a lineup but at this point he is just a person of interest and he's not formally in custody and after the lineup Miranda asks how he did question what did the police tell him Miranda asked how he did oh in the lineup yeah yeah it's a weird question to ask <laughs> yeah can I get some feedback oh well, no. so he asked if basically if he's been identified what yeah. did the police say? Yes, he had. Okay. Yes, from Taylor. Yes, he had. From yes, Nina. from Nina. Hannah George. I'll say no again to be different. Okay. I love it. Now, the police imply that he was positively identified, but in actual fact, he had not been. Oh. They then interrogated him for two hours without informing him of his rights, and they got oh. a confession out of him. They took him to meet the victim so that she could identify his voice. Oh my God, is this the case that the Miranda laws came from? Yes, it is. Fucking hell, how did I not associate? Okay, when you said the full name, I just didn't go to the Miranda. I should have, oh my God. I fucking, I should have kept going Ernesto. I'm such a dick. <laughs> I could have spun this out for a bit longer. No, it's so fascinating to start from the beginning of it and then close it. I, I just didn't. I didn't know that I not heard of the Miranda law. And like, it's funny, isn't it? Because often these kind of laws are often women's names, aren't they? Because women right. are often the ones that have been the victims. But it's yeah. interesting that this, he's called Miranda, but that's his surname. <laughs> yeah. So Miranda's law, I would have thought, oh, that's a law because of a woman saying it's like a woman. It's interesting. Yeah. So it is potentially sounds like a miscarriage of justice, maybe? or a Well, it's not the Miranda law, is it? It's Miranda rights. It's called Miranda, Miranda rights. rights. Yeah. Okay. Let's Can you go back to one second, yeah, of what you were revealing before the... <laughs> Penny dropped. Well, so the police have implied that he's been identified when he hasn't been. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've, they've interrogated him for two hours without informing him of his rights. And they got a confession out of him. And then they, they take him to meet the victim so she could identify his voice. She stated that the voice matched the culprit. And then Miranda apparently said, that's the girl. He then wrote his confessions down and something was already printed at the top of each sheet of paper. And what that was, was... Uh, the certification that this statement has been made voluntarily and of my own free will with no threats, coercion or promise of immunity and with full knowledge of my legal rights. Understanding mm. any statement I make, Hannah, will be used against me. Question, had he been given full knowledge of his legal rights? No. Right, so are the Miranda rights the thing that the policemen say at the beginning yeah. of getting arrested? Uh, right. Uh, 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. He had not been informed of his right to have an attorney present or of his right to remain silent. So there's a trial on, wow. in June 1963. Ernesto has a 73-year-old lawyer called Alvin Moore who gets assigned to him. Uh, now, Moore objected to entering the confession as evidence in the trial because of this rights issue. Question, did the court still use the confession? I don't know, but I immediately pictured Ted Danson playing the character. So I'm just like throwing the, that in the there. The really old... Alvin. Uh, I'm Alvin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> the elderly lawyer didn't want to yeah. use the confession because yeah. Yeah, the client hadn't been read his rights. Yeah. Does the court still use the confession? Sounds like they would, you know, and if this was yeah. a film and you were you'd be going, No yeah. <laughs> That's not fair. Yeah. Nina yes. Nina is correct. Hannah is correct. They do still use it. Elderly lawyer gets overruled. Was yeah, because usually for something to change, it does go through and then there's an appeal or there's yeah. some like push back it's never like you know what we shouldn't let this happen and let's make a law about it it doesn't yeah. go that way i always find it mad in like courtroom dramas though when something like literally the kind of the the crazy moment happens of oh my god that changes everything yeah and then then the judge says oh no the jury have to pretend they didn't hear that like you, <laughs> yeah. like you could do that like with your mates like if you hear a rumor about someone <laughs> yeah. and someone's like pretend you haven't heard it of course you're going to say you've heard it. Like, that's not yeah. how the mind works. That's not how justice yeah. works. Like, but I remember being on a um, jury duty and the, the thing of like the right to remain silent, I always thought that was weird because if you haven't done anything, then, you know, you may as well say something or say I haven't done it. But yeah. there was this guy and he just went on and on and on and on and on. And his statement was so long because he was sort of obviously just really terrified and nervous. And he hadn't done the thing he was yeah. saying he was done. And I was like, shit, man, he should have just stayed quiet yeah. but I don't think he quite understood it he was read its rights this was only five years ago but but hmm. well, also that would have been in the UK yes it was in the UK well we don't have the Miranda rights don't God, we have the right to remain silent here yeah, yeah. we do we do yeah. I've watched <laughs> the bill to TV yeah like yeah. don't tell me TV's been lying to me about your yeah. culture <laughs> I would find it very hard even if I was told I didn't have to speak I'd still be trying to game it <laughs> Like to make sure I'm really innocent. I know how to do this. You know, I'll, I'll say yeah, something. Totally. Like yeah. start talking about loads of charity work and stuff. Yeah, I'm going to make myself really affable and normal and have a big, yeah, yeah it could go so badly wrong. 
<laughs> you could represent yourself in court like as one of your puppets that would be quite amazing I don't want you to get like um, <laughs> arrested but I would like to see someone representing themselves like in court I would like to see that with, like... filmed yes can we make this happen <laughs> yeah definitely I mean Monkey would just out me whether or not I was guilty because <laughs> yes. it's just his absolute incessant pledge to transgress it would be unstoppable <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I I'd watch that you'd be me like, too they'd let you be innocent because they'd feel so sorry for you because Monkey had been so mean <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah she's got enough problems actually let's let her go <laughs> not fair representation <laughs> <laughs> he is convicted of rape and kidnapping and sentenced to 20 to 30 years I think maybe Moore didn't appeal to the Supreme Court he appealed to a different court but then Ernesto takes it to the Supreme Court. It, it went to the Supreme Court. That it, that works. Yeah, it basically. That's went how there. I put it because I'm not sure how that works. I'm like, it went. It believe me, it went to the Supreme Court. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it went there fast. It made it in um, an envelope or with a courier, or <laughs> I presume exactly. The lawyer is now 75, and he is unable to take the case due to ill health. Um, Alvin. There's been a lot about how old this guy is, you know, 75. He should still be all right to work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's really not that old, How old is it? the president? I mean, he's a weak-ass lawyer. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Biden's like 114, so yeah. this should worry us. <laughs> <laughs> but so Ernesto files as a pauper and he gets a new lawyer, Robert J. Cork Kokoran. And this guy does it pro bono with his firm and they write a 2,500 word petition that argued that Miranda's Fifth Amendment rights had been violated. Hmm. Um, oh, this is, is a young lawyer. This is a good lawyer. A young yeah, one. He's got the energy for it now. Yeah. <laughs> but so, who's going to play him? That's what matters. <laughs> Andy Sandberg, and it's a knockaround comedy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Entirely miscast in this quite serious sort of case. But yeah. His first dramatic role. <laughs> so on June 13th, 1966, the Supreme Court issued a five to four decision. Question, were they in favour of overturning the conviction? How old are they? <laughs> I, I unfortunately do not have that information to hand. <laughs> They're old. Probably. I mean, that, yeah. We're going to go out on a big limb and guess, were they white men? Yes, they yeah, were. Probably. This is 1966. Do you know what, what fascinated me? And I've never understood sentencing, period. Like, I don't think it ever makes sense and it confuses me anyway. But with, with rape convictions in particular in the mm. U.S., I'm sort of fascinated that his sentence was as long as it was. Like, I'm just wondering, like, at what point in history did it become five minutes if you're a football player in the U.S.? Because right. <laughs> like, I, I can't remember hearing a conviction that was that long yeah. in a rape case for a long time. Mm. And it's oh, almost like, was it sentences better then? I don't know. Because it sounds as though, like, he did it then. I mean, because I, up to this point, I was like, was it this miscarriage of justice because mm. he wasn't read his rights? But actually, it, so he wasn't given the, the the chance to sort of make his mm. case. But if he said that's the girl and she said it was him and he was picked out of the lineup, we are because it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because if he is a rapist, which it sounds as though he is, mm. then it, it's really difficult to suddenly go like, oh, should he then be freed because he didn't have his 
sort of his rights. Mm-hmm. If yeah. He wasn't like, ID'd in the lineup though, was he? He wasn't well, ID'd, they just told him he was. And then he did the confession, so. And mm-hmm. That's right, but then she did ID his voice and he said, right, okay. that's the girl. Yeah, okay. but I suppose the question isn't whether or not he did the crime, it was whether or not he had his sort of his rights read to him, wasn't it? So I think that they voted that it wasn't lawful. If that was the, was that the question? Sorry, yeah, we got yeah. the question. So it's a five-four decision, and I was going to ask if they were. Yeah. The question was: Were they in favour of overturning the conviction? I, I think they were in favour. Okay. Of overturning it. At this point, it's not over yet, and they mm. rule again, against. Well, interesting. So they did rule in favour of overturning the conviction. They went five-four in Miranda's favour, which meant that his case was remanded back. To the Arizona for to Arizona for retrial, they ruled that the interrogation had been too coercive and that no confession could be admissible under the Fifth Amendment self-incrimination clause and the Sixth Amendment right to an attorney unless a suspect has been made aware of their rights and the suspect has then waived them. And then I've got this quote that says the person in custody must, prior to interrogation, be clearly informed that he has the right to remain silent and that anything he says will be used against him in court. He must be clearly informed that he has the right to consult with a lawyer and to have the lawyer with him during interrogation, and that if if he's indigent, a lawyer will be appointed to represent him. Um, And it went further that if they want to remain silent, the interrogation must cease and a lawyer must be brought. Imagine if they kept it that long in all of the cop dramas. You'd be like, oh my God, they're still talking. (laughs) It's not quite as cool when it's the full version. I know. So the the, the dissenting Supreme Court justices that were against this were really against it. Those four were really cross that it went through. And they thought that it was way too drastic. And they thought that it was an overreaction to the problem of coercive interrogation and anticipated a huge effect because they believed that once warned, suspects would always demand attorneys. (laughs) These were the Republican ones, right? (laughs) Yes, right. And deny the police the ability to gain confessions. So basically feel like they're admitting that the police can't do their jobs if they have to do it properly. Right. Um, So we're sort of back to defund the police. We can't make Uh, them nervous or they won't perform. (laughs) Yeah. So there is a retrial in 1967 and the prosecution can't use the confession. So they have to do some actual police work and use stuff mm. like evidence and witnesses. So they called to the stand one Twyla Hoffman, the woman with whom Miranda was living at the time of the offence. Right. So question, did she believe that Ernesto was innocent or guilty? Ooh, innocent, we don't know anything about how their relationship was, do we? No. So this is just speculation. I mean, going back to this thing about identifying the voice. Yeah. Do you have to have a lineup of five voices? I always remember seeing a, I do think it was an episode of The Bill, and this is where I get a lot of my police work from, but there was a lineup. It was this elderly woman. She was blind. So they did have to like like walk forward and say the words that they'd said to her when they robbed their, her house. Oh. But it, yeah, and it was quite good. So they do do stuff like that. And I think what it was is that she knew it was him because of the way he shuffled forward, not even because of his voice, because oh. she was so in tune with it. And mm. I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, but also, is the bill, and who knows, that may not have happened in real but life. No, that but... makes sense as part of the lineup procedure. I have a feeling she did, that she defended his innocence. Okay, so she defended him... We're still on this question, right? Yeah, yeah, did yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Did so, I just have a blip and no, go backwards? No, you're absolutely right. So Taylor is saying that Twyla believed Ernesto was innocent. Nina and Hannah, did she believe he was innocent or guilty? I was thinking innocent as well. Okay, innocent from Nina. Hannah, do you mm. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? Because I've watched so many courtroom things. I feel like this is the twist. This is the twist that we need. And like, obviously, courtrooms, you know, real life stuff isn't always like that. So I'm going to say no. So you think she thought he was guilty? Yeah. Okay. Hannah George is correct. Ah. Um, So she testified that he had told her of committing the crime. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty damning. But there is a little twist to this, because in one account that I read about this case, it said that once he was in prison, she took up with another guy and had another baby. And Ernesto was so jealous that so from prison, he wrote to authorities saying that she was a bad mother and that she should lose custody of her kids. So there is a suggestion that she wanted him back in prison so that he couldn't have custody of her kids and she could keep um, her kids. Oh, God, I don't like this guy either way now. <laughs> <laughs> But it's all like, it's difficult to, there's so many different accounts of this. That what it's a nightmare like, to have somebody saying you should have your kids taken away. I can't think of anything worse. It's awful. Mm. Yeah, no, that's pretty, pretty up there as horrific. Um, I, I can think of things worse. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't thinking hard enough, but it's no. bad. <laughs> but it is horrific on yeah. like, on, on multiple levels. Question, is Ernesto convicted this time? Yes. Yes. I've- Yes. How can he not be at this point? He is convicted and he's sentenced to 20 to 30 years, but he gets paroled. Question, what year do you think he gets paroled? Or what year are we in? Or do you mean in 10 years time? Or we were in 67 or something, you said? Yeah. This is at such an interesting time in American history, too. Like as this is progressing, like I was thinking like at one point you've got Kennedy assassination and then just everything with the civil rights movement. Um, we haven't talked about his background either. Like, do you know, was he Latino or? Yeah. Okay. But when is he paroled? 1974. Okay. Anyone want to go higher or lower? Now we've got to do maths and maths. It's impossible. As we Parole know. is like you, you're, you've done enough good behavior that you can go. Yeah. You get out, out early. The, it's whenever he delivered that line in Shawshank like so why don't you just sign your forms Sonny and stop wasting my time it's whenever he did that (laughs) that's when they let you out spot on (laughs) okay I think 10 years maybe he did half of the lowest end of the sentence okay yeah it was 18 years was it I said he got sentenced 20 to 30 oh 20 to 30 I'll say 10 okay so Nina and Hannah going on 10 uh, Taylor is the closest. He gets out in, in five years, 1972. Oh, wow. So he gets out pretty quickly. So it's quite a lot of drama to just let him like out of jail in five years anyway. That is not a very long time to have served. But the main upshot, famously, of this case is after the Miranda decision, the nation's police departments were required to inform arrested persons or suspects of their rights under the ruling prior to custodial interrogation. Uh, and that is called the Miranda warning. Wow. Um, any subsequent waiver of Miranda rights must be knowing, intelligent and voluntary. So many American police departments have pre-printed Miranda waiver forms that a suspect must sign and date after hearing and reading the warnings again if an interrogation is to occur. Uh, so it's fun learning how many things in history are named after rapists. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> That is a weird thing that they've like kept that that name on for so long. And is it literally is that or is that a nickname or is that literally what they it's printed on the form or? I think it is called the Miranda because the case was probably called Miranda versus the Supreme mm. Court or whatever it was called. So then that 
ended up being called wow the the name of it I mean, it's just strange to give him a law if he was just downright guilty of such an awful thing. So when yeah. did he start writing poetry? Because I know we're coming, <laughs> coming well, on to that. Wow. So this was not a very popular decision. It was widely criticised. Oh. Um, many felt that it was unfair to inform suspected criminals of their rights. Richard Nixon and other conservatives denounced it for undermining wow. the efficiency of the police. And they argued the ruling would contribute to an increase in crime. And Nixon promised to appoint judges who would reverse the philosophy he viewed as soft on crime. <laughs> Many supporters of the law were also were actually angered by the, the decision's negative view of police officers, like as if saying they weren't doing that anyway. I don't know what that's about. Now, Miranda has never been overturned, but many cases have tested and undermined it. Exceptions have slipped through and interrogators have found ways to honour the letter, but not the spirit of it, stuff like that. So there's a few cases where they're like, well, this wasn't good. It's kind of like how they have to read the COVID questions to you. Like, have you had a continuous yeah. cough? Like that has gotten so much more streamlined since the beginning. Yeah. Like I, I had one the other day because I had to take my kid to the dentist. Like, and honestly, cough. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't even understand. She's like, hot cough, any news? Yeah. Is there anybody isolating? I was like, no. One word. It's like getting married in Vegas. Do you? Do you? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I got a four o'clock. Fuck off. <laughs> One final question. What do you think happened to Ernesto Miranda after he was released? God, well, I hope he reined it in. <laughs> at the very least. Did he do some kind of like, I predicted at the beginning that maybe he went on and... Did he try and do some good stuff in terms of justice and criminal reform? I no, don't know why. I'd, why am I always desperate to try and find like the best in anyone? I'm just like, maybe he did that. I'm trying um, to make my dark story nice. Well, it's not going to happen. No, that's a good answer. He's hey. only in his 30s now mm. anyway. Like, or am I doing really bad maths? That is a good question. He was... 63, 70. Yeah, he's only like early 30s, mid 30s. If you're on parole, is there a limit to what you can become and do? Or do you... Uh, yeah, there's because there's, there's sometimes a limit on travel and stuff, isn't there? You have to report in and I don't know how long that goes on for. How long it goes on for, yeah, I guess it depends. Yeah. Did it become um, a pop? Okay, nice. So we've, <laughs> so we've got social justice from Hannah. We've got becoming a cop from Nina. Taylor is saying... You know what? I'm going to predict he did very little. He kept his head down. Okay. You know. Okay. Nothing to write home about. Okay, I shall now tell you. He returned to his old neighbourhood and made a modest living autographing police officers' Miranda cards. Oh, my God. Ew, gross. I know. Yeah. They contain the text of the warning for reading, for reading to arrestees, and he got two bucks per autograph. That's so weird. So weird. Yeah. Who wants him to sign that card? How weird. That's Is it the really, police officers really that want him to? Yes. Yeah, the police officers are paying two bucks. To him wow. to sign. OJ, OJ, come in and sign our new domestic violence policy. Come on, man. <laughs> sign it. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Has yeah. he like signed loads of confessions or something? It sounds as though, like, what is he signing? Like, surely they're official documents with other information on. And suddenly they're I like. Mean, also, what's. No, they're just the thing that the criminals have to sign and date to say they've been read their rights. But like, but also that is a piece of paper that in theory makes police work harder. So why are they like, hey, here's the thing that you made my life harder. Now I have to do loads more police work. Why don't you sign it? I love that I have to do this now. Like it's it's weird on both sides. Americans love autographs. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who it is. If you were involved with it, sign it. And his name is a law now, so he's a celebrity. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a celebrity because his name is a law. It's it's it. 
Um, so he does that for a bit, but then he gets stabbed to death during an argument in a bar on January oh, 31st, shit. 1976. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And then he was rushed to hospital, but dead on arrival. Oh, man. And a suspect was arrested, but due to lack of evidence against him, he was released. Wow. Nina, you should know this is the darkest thing we've ever done. Like, just so you know, it's not always quite as dark as this. Sorry, you guys. I'm really sorry. It's a fascinating story, a though. I really did story. not know that whole backstory at all. Drunk women solving crime. All right, guys, it's time for our Patreon shout outs. What is Patreon? Well, because I had to look it up. I thought it was a football team. But it turns out it's a place where you can support artists to make the content that you like or even love. And you may be going, wait, artists? You make a podcast. Yes, we are podcast artists. We are up there with Michelangelo and E.L. James. So anyway, check it out. We're on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. And one of the things we offer is a shout out to everyone who supports us and there's other great rewards so check us out here's our shout outs for the week and we really really appreciate it we've got victoria layton we've got natalie campbell we've got daisy may greenaway i think she's my cousin we got rosie tanner emma kate yates another cousin camilla moe We've got Victoria, but it's spelled in a really cool way. It's got a K and a J. I love that. Uh, we got a K-E. That could be, it might be a cousin. It depends uh, which K-E we're talking about. It could be an uncle. Uh, we got Angela Vulgari. And finally, we got Martin, a.k.a. Constable Dickhead. Now, he gave himself that name. Feel free to give yourself um you know, sort of a, a funny detective name, but you, you, you don't feel obliged. Uh, Martin just called himself that because he accidentally uh, left Patreon and then he rejoined. Bless him. Anyway, we really appreciate it. Check us out. This is a crime from at Eleanor Collar. My parents and their friends were having a barbecue on the grounds of a vineyard when I was around three years old. Unbeknown to them, a large group of tourists from Japan were having lunch in the restaurant and thought my parents were paid entertainment to give some sort of typical Australian family vibes. They thought that the restaurant had arranged this kind of classic Australian <laughs> scene. So after lunch, the group came down and picked me up off the picnic rug and started taking photos with me. Apparently, my parents were fine with this. It was only when they tried to take me on the post-lunch river cruise that my parents were all um, we'd rather you didn't. Oh, no. It was then that the group's interpreter realised what had happened. And then she says, is toddler me famous in Japan? Why weren't my parents more concerned with strangers just coming along and having a random photo shoot with me as the star? <laughs> I, what a I, weird I, story. That is very bizarre. <laughs> it is. Also, I love Australians. Like, I love, love, love them. Would I pay to have them near me for ambiance? <laughs> Maybe. You know what? Maybe. Yeah. This happened. And they wanted yes. to take the kid on the... Yeah, so I did have boat. that hat on too. Like, are you sure they thought you were hired to be there? And are you sure they were going to take the child on a, a thing? Not to doubt the person who's written in. I'm just... 
<laughs> there's there's no tour group that's ever been like, and now you get a free baby. <laughs> Take the, the baby because we tour. hired it. Take the baby. We we hired it. Yeah. We paid for it. You can have it for the next yeah. few hours. That's yours now. Why would you want a baby on your tour? Like, yeah, they're a nightmare that. babies. <laughs> she must have everything, especially <laughs> really cute baby, really cute toddler. Well, I have a cousin who was just absolutely gorgeous when she, I mean, she still is, but as a baby, just one of those babies that like you stare at and she just looked like she should be on TV. And, um, uh, they lived in South Africa and my aunt always talks about how people would come up and just take her picture and like hold her. And, um, she was largely okay with it. She was just, just took it as a bit of flattery and a bit of like, it's fine. <laughs> she was such a cute baby that strangers be like, I must have a photo of this baby. Yeah. Right. That's, I mean, that yeah, is on a par with how strange this is. But it's, me. yeah, I think she just sort of, um, I mean, my, my uncle is South African and my aunt isn't grew up in the States. And I think to her, she was like, it's a cultural thing. It's fine. I don't feel threatened by it and she is very cute so you're welcome and I think this was also a time before we got so cynical like I'm curious when this happened because there was a time when I don't think people were as paranoid about kidnapping and what are you going to do to my baby and don't look at them and don't do you know what I mean so what so this would have been what the 80s the 70s um late 70s I guess well no early 80s early 80s but still what are we to solve here is there a crime <laughs> a about question. this i'm not sure where to put my focus they <laughs> are we do we doubt the listener question or do we doubt the family i think it's a bit of a humble brag about how cute someone was as a baby <laughs> and do you know what i respect it um i imagine you were a very cute baby and they we always blame the mother as right. well, don't yeah. we? So I think we can blame the mother with this one. That's well, fine. I bet she was a first child because if she was a second or third, they would have just let them take it. Yeah, they wouldn't would have even noticed. <laughs> Bring her back by four. She gets grumpy, but go, yeah. enjoy, enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a family story that's kind of like at one point, somebody on their yeah. holiday said, oh, that's a cute baby. And over time, you know how family stories mm-hmm. get. And then, oh, mate, they thought this and yeah. then that happened. They and were then... going to take you. They were literally. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you for listening. And please continue to listen. We yes. really And please don't it. be put off by this. Send us your crimes. <laughs> we're definitely going to treat them. Oh, if they haven't been put off by now. I, mean, I know. I know. I, I, we're all yes. in on it. Have any of you reached? I know we don't leave our houses anymore, but back in the days when we would travel, I I, I can literally remember this moment where I have my phone up and I'm taking a picture when I'm on holiday. I'm like, who is this for? What, what is this? Why am I taking a picture? People, yes. It's like, here we were and we want to remember. But why would you take a picture of a building that like 800 people have photographed and you can find a better version of it on the internet? Like, here's a really shitty shot of any monument. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. You've answered your own question. Photos were fun before there was an internet. Like I remember getting my first True. camera when I was like 11 and I took a photo of everyone in my family that day. I took a picture of the cat. Yeah. I used to, when we went on a school trip and I took a photo of Nelson's column, I like got all my photos printed and I put them in a photo book that I made myself. Oh, and nice. I remember I, I actually, I labeled Nelson's column a tall pole thing. 
<laughs> I didn't know what it was called. And then I just said, yeah, look at my photos. Like, why have you called Nelson's Column a tall pole thing? You know, that's called Nelson's Column, right? <laughs> and that's just how intelligent I was as an 11-year-old. But that's great. You should go around renaming everything <laughs> in London. The Bing Bong Tower. That's a big fan. Oh my God, uh, the Katie Wilkins tour. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Very sassy these days. Though. Oh, so oh, yeah. much sass. So much sass. So much sass. Oh yeah. Good stuff. Okay. <laughs> We've solved all our crimes. We have just enough time to ask Nina Conti, what are you up to? What do you want to plug? Where can we find you? Oh, I'm doing um I'm doing a podcast where I play a character, Greta. Oh, uh, yeah. uh Richard and Greta, which is uh, uh what are they? Like new way new age kind of filthy, wholesome hippies. <laughs> they're like kind oh, awesome. Of, I don't know. It's very dirty, but it's also <gasps> kind of calming, you know? It's, uh, oh, oh yeah. that sounds so perfect. Oh. <laughs> I very much enjoy doing it and uh, I'm learning awesome. a lot through being Greta. So I'll plug that. Thank you very much. And I also, also so I'm wait, going what's... on tour at the very end of the year, all being mm. well. That's, uh, that's oh, one great. on sale. Oh, that's exciting too. That's a dating um, show. What's oh. that? How, how does that work? Well, uh, there'll be, uh, I've used these ventriloquist masks where people make people talk They're to each amazing. other. And whenever I do it, I end up sort of, often I've ended up making people have a kind of love story on stage. And then I remonstrate yeah. myself afterwards and go, well, stop doing that. And then I thought, no, well, why don't you just make the show fit that? That's what you want <laughs> yes. so badly. I love it. So, yeah, people oh, mostly like that. I mean, that's yeah, that's it's great. Sort of happening, you know. I tend to choose a little bit instinctively people that <laughs> go well or go horribly. I'm sure I'll do lots of awful dates too. I'm sure they'll be funnier actually. But we'll that's see. brilliant. Yeah, you need both. You need yeah, the good ones both. and the bad ones. Oh yeah, yeah. We, no, no. I mean, we all die alone. No such thing as <laughs> true love. I don't want to. I don't want to create expectation. <laughs> it should be funny. Funny's the goal. Funny's the goal. Is that, love is that the name of the good. tour? <laughs> Nina Conti, we all die alone. Yeah. I love my dating show. Yeah. Like temporarily mitigate your loneliness. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nina Thank Conti. Thank you. Thank you. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women pod on twitter on facebook and insta we are drunk women solving crime and please review us on apple podcast and also if you have a crime that you would like us to solve write it on a review on apple podcast as well thank you to acas and thank you for listening bye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 